Wow. Uh, I guess that gives me about 40 minutes, doesn't it? <laughs> Exciting. The good news is, <laughs> the good news is, I promised Graham I'll speak for about 20 minutes. And even better news is that that means we can take some time at the end to pray. And I'm feeling this morning there's a lot of things that we really need to be praying into and people that we need to be praying for this morning. So we'll, we'll make that opportunity. Um, when, uh, uh, just before Graham came up to, to pray, well, we came up and Graham prayed for me just there. As I've been sitting here, um, the, the thoughts that were in my head that I wanted to pray, and I'm going to pray them out loud with my eyes open to you, is that, yeah, God has given me some words to share with you this morning, and they're all written down on this piece of paper, and I could just read them out. Or probably even better, I could go and put them on a copier and I could give them to you to take home and read. That would be a treat, wouldn't it? But that isn't what it's about. The words that I've got written down on this paper are not really important. The words that are important are the words that God speaks to you, each one of us, each one of you, that God speaks to you by his Holy Spirit. And I wouldn't have the guts to stand here and say anything at all if I didn't really believe that that's what God is going to do this morning. Because my words are not really important. What's important is the words that God will speak to you directly by his Spirit. So my prayer is that he will open our hearts and our minds to hear what he's going to say to us this morning. We're... uh, nearly through a whole series of talks from 1 Peter with the theme of holiness about really being in the place that God wants us to be totally given for him and that's been a real challenge Graham and I were saying earlier this week we're just thrilled to bits with the way that God has spoken to the various through the various people who have had things to share through this series. Um, We feel it's been really important in the life of the church and and for individuals. And so we're excited and thrilled by what God is doing. Um, The passage we're coming to this morning is from 1 Peter 3, and it's from verse 8 to 22. And it's a really difficult passage. And you know, I've really struggled with this passage as I've prepared to speak this morning. And I'm going back about a week now, and I thought, Lord, what are you wanting me to say through this passage? One, there's so much in it. And two, the words in it are really difficult to understand and to grasp and to put into effect. So I'm going to just keep it really simple this morning. And some of the challenging bits of theology, you can just go and talk to Graham about those, because they're, they're the tough bits. I'm just going to drift over those bits. So we're going to read it, first of all. I'm going to read it out loud. Um, uh, this is a brave thing, really, because I brought my Bible here, which is an NIV, and Steve encouraged me to read it from, Steve Armstrong encouraged me to read it from the message, and I'm not so familiar with the message. So if I stumble over the words, I apologise. So I'm going to read from the message, and then I'm going to speak from the NIV. So do have that open if you have it also. The title given to this passage in both the NIV and the message, the heading, Suffering for Doing Good, or as Graham put it in the, t- the, the punchy titles, Good Suffering, which is something of an oxymoron, I think. 
uh, but we'll perhaps find that suffering is good. So suffering for doing good. Summing up, says Peter, be agreeable, be sympathetic, be loving, be compassionate, be humble. That goes for all of you, no exceptions, no retaliation, no sharp-tongued sarcasm. Instead, bless. That's your job, bless. You'll be a blessing and also get a blessing. And then Peter quotes from Psalm 34. He says, whoever wants to embrace life and see the day fill up with good, here's what you do. Say nothing evil or hurtful. Snub evil and cultivate good. Run after peace for all your worth. God looks on all this with approval, listening and responding to well, well to what he's asked, but he turns his back on those who do evil things. And Peter goes on, If with your heart and soul you're doing good, do you think you can be stopped? Even if you suffer for it, you're still better off. Don't give the opposition a second thought. Through thick and thin, keep your hearts at attention, in adoration before Christ your Master. Be ready to speak up and tell anyone who asks why you're living the way you are, and always with the utmost courtesy. Keep a clear conscience before God so that when people throw mud at you, none of it will stick. They'll end up realizing that they're the ones who need a bath. It's better to suffer for doing good, if that's what God wants, than to be punished for doing bad. That's what Christ did definitively, suffered because of others' sin the righteous one for the unrighteous ones. He went through all of it. He was put to death and then made alive to bring us to God. He went and proclaimed God's salvation to earlier generations who ended up in the prison of judgment because they wouldn't listen. You know, even though God wait, waited patiently all the days that Noah built his ship, only a few were saved then, eight to be exact saved from the water by the water. The water of baptism does that for you, not by washing away the dirt from your skin, but by presenting you through Jesus' resurrection before God with a clear conscience. Jesus has the last word on everything and everyone, from angels to armies. He's standing right alongside God, and what he says goes. I just thought that was great. So, good suffering. We're involved in Alpha at the moment and some of the people uh, sitting with us are, are part of the Alpha course that we're going through and Ro and I have been through this a number of times with different groups. It's a really exciting and good course. But in the process of that course we meet questions that come up. Some of those questions are the most difficult. And uh, Nicky Gumbel says that the question that arises more than any other question through the Alpha program in this country and abroad, the one question is, if God is love and he loves us, 
Why does he allow people to suffer? How can I believe in a God who allows bad stuff to happen to anybody, let alone the people who believe and have put their trust in him? It's a tough question. If God loves and cares for us so much, why is there so much pain in the world? And when you read the New Testament, it's full of pain and suffering. Yeah, there's joy in the New Testament. But again and again and again, you read of the tough times, the tough things that people are going through because they've put their trust in Jesus. Peter, that we heard about this morning, was no exception to that at all. And what we find in the New Testament is that God uses suffering to bless people. He blesses the people who are suffering and he blesses those who watch them suffering. These are words that Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 to 16. Paul says, We are hard-pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. So that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. And therefore, we do not lose heart. God uses suffering to bring good about. Now please, don't think in what I'm saying this morning that I'm making light of suffering. I'm being flippant about it or even dismissive of it. There are people in the church, in the church family here, who wake up every morning with pain. And they go through suffering every day. We've heard about Veronica this morning, who's in hospital, she's in pain. So I'm not making light of the suffering that people go through. People go through the most awful mental pain, emotional pain, and physical pain. But it's not so much the question of why that is happening that's important, it's how we respond to it when we're in pain ourselves and sometimes when it's worse when we see others that we love dearly who are going through pain themselves that's really hard sometimes it just doesn't seem fair <laughs> it just doesn't seem fair uh, Rosemary's sitting here and Rosemary was diagnosed with cancer in 2009 and uh, when we, s we sat with the consultant when we were given the diagnosis I said to the consultant what is the prognosis for Rosemary what, what can we expect from here and he said to us very, very plain very straightforward he said well it's 50 percent we're going to go through some treatment with Rosemary there's 50 percent chance that she will come through this and she'll be well and there's 50% chance that she won't. Can you imagine how I felt when I heard that? I'm, I'm, one, I'm afraid I'm one of these glass half empty people. I envy you people who are glass half full. I'm very much a glass half empty. I believed that Rosemary was going to die. I, I, I really thought she was going to die. <coughs> and I felt utterly desperate about it. I can remember looking at other people who were trying to be encouraging and supportive to me 
And I was thinking in here, you cannot possibly understand the anguish that I'm going through at the moment. You just don't know what it's like. The truth is, I only found comfort and release from that when I let it go to God. Rosemary didn't have that problem. She wasn't afraid. She will tell you she wasn't afraid. She trusted God right from the very beginning. I couldn't do that from the start. But I only found comfort and release when I gave it back to God. And I said, I'm going to trust you. Whatever the outcome here, I'm going to trust you. And that was really, really hard to do. But that brought me that release from the torment that I was going through at the time. We've been reminded again and again through this teaching series that we should expect trouble in our lives, Christians, non-Christians. Trouble is the deal. Trouble we, we expect, it happens. And it's how we approach it, how we receive it, how we respond to it, that's the most important thing. Uh, Mark was sharing with us the story of three little... No, it wasn't the three little pigs. It was the story of Peter earlier on, using a little bit of an illustration of the three little pigs. But he was sharing with us really clearly the story of Peter in prison. And he was asking us, what did Peter expect to happen when he was stuck in that jail, chained to the soldiers, expecting that he was going to be taken out the next day and put on trial and he was going to die? That's what Peter expected. He was going to die. He had seen his friend... James, the brother of John, very recently be executed because he was a Christian. And that's what Peter would have thought was going to happen to him. And yet Peter was surprised. What do we make of that, looking at it from our perspective? Here's James. James was executed by the sword. Here's Peter. Peter is rescued from prison and lives. We know the end of the story. We know, of course, that Peter suffered through his life. We know that Peter was ultimately executed himself. But on this occasion, God saved Peter. So why did James die and Peter didn't? We don't know, really. God knows. And we're faced with that today. We pray for people who are ill. We pray with fervor. We plead with God to save them. Sometimes God saves. Sometimes he doesn't. And it's only when we see things through God's perspective that we can even begin to understand that. And I say begin because we'll only understand it fully when we see it from the other end. Yeah? But at the moment, it's hard, isn't it, when we see people suffering? Um, I want to try and suggest quite briefly three ways, just three, there are lots more, but three ways in which we can turn suffering and pain into something positive. So these are things that we can get hold of which are for good. I was really surprised and pleased that uh, Simon, um, when we were worshipping earlier on, told the story of Job, and he couldn't possibly have known that I had this little story of Job here, so I don't need to tell this little story again. So you've heard the story of Job, or the first part of it. But Job went through torment. Job was somebody who was blessed by God. 
And Satan saw that and he said to God, look, you know, the only reason that Job worships you is because he has an easy life. He has a good life. Let me take that away from him and then let's see what happens to him. And Simon uh, explained to us that instead of going under, under all that the devil put him through, that Job praised God. And there's a verse in Job, uh, it's chapter 2, verse 9, and then verse 10. And uh, our wives are so encouraging to us, aren't they? Don't we appreciate our wives? Uh, Job, verse 10, says, Job's wife said to him, this is after the four things that happened to him, and Job's wife said to him, are you still holding on to your integrity? Curse God and die, why don't you? (laughs) I'm sure she loved him, really. (laughs) Job replied, you are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? What he's saying, we accept whatever circumstance God allows us to be put in and more than accept it, we worship him, we praise him, we thank him. That song we sang earlier, that said that we repeat the phrase, he gives and takes away. When Rosemary was going through her treatment for cancer, that was a song that I could not sing without tears just flooding from my eyes. He gives and takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I will praise God even when he takes away. In Daniel, book of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were standing before King Nebuchadnezzar and they would not worship the gods that Nebuchadnezzar commanded them to worship. Nebuchadnezzar said, worship these gods or I will throw you into the blazing furnace. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego said to Nebuchadnezzar, the God we serve is able to save us from the blazing furnace and he will rescue us from your hand. That's the word of faith. And then they said, but even if he doesn't, we want you to know that we will not serve your gods. And I like in my mind to add a little bit to that. Even if he doesn't, we will still praise God. And that's the spirit in which they went into that furnace. We're expecting God to save us, but if he doesn't, we will praise God. So the first, there are three C's here. The first one of those was challenge. The three C's are challenge, comfort, and change. Suffering is a challenge for us. And when we're presented with a challenge, we can not go with it, or we can go with it. Our choice. God gives us that choice. We can rise to the challenge and we will say, I put my trust in God. He will save me. But if he doesn't, I will still praise him. Whatever kind of trouble we face, we can be sure that God will be with us. God was with Job through his suffering. God was with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego as they stood in the blazing furnace and were not touched by the flames. Uh, 
God will protect us if we put our trust in him. So second, comfort. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 to 5 says this. This is Paul again speaking in, or, or writing in 2 Corinthians. <coughs> Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles. So that, Paul loves his so that, doesn't he? Do you notice how many times he says so that? I'll read that again. The God of comfort who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received, been, have received from God. So our suffering as we look to God for comfort gives us the ability to comfort others who go through suffering themselves. One of the things that Rosemary said to me through her cancer period with cancer and it's been proved subsequently is we said well why is Rosemary going through this cancer and one of the reasons was so that she could come alongside and give comfort to other people who are going through similar circumstances and similar treatment Rosemary's been there I haven't Rosemary can come alongside somebody who's going through radiotherapy or chemotherapy and she can say I've been there I know what you're going through God is good. God will look after you if you put your trust in him. So comfort. So suffering is a challenge. Suffering is comfort and gives us opportunity to comfort one another. The third is change. And I'm reading also, this is from 2 Corinthians, but chapter 4, verse 16 and 18, 16 to 18. Paul says this. We do not lose heart, Though outwardly we are wasting away, inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs the trouble. So, we fix our eyes on what is, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is not seen is eternal. One of my favourite windsurfing film videos, I love to watch people who can windsurf properly, who can do all the loops and things like this, and you watch them crash, <laughs> and you think, ooh, when you see them do it. And There's a, there's a little uh, clip in there where, uh, where the guy, is, one of the windsurfers, is asked, you know, how do you cope with the pain? And he says, pain is only temporary. He's American. <laughs> Pain is only temporary. <laughs> um, God will take us through. Whatever suffering, whatever circumstances we're in, we put our trust in him. He will give us what we need to take us through the trouble, through the pain, through the suffering. We pray For me, that helped me to position where I was able to let go. I think sometimes God calls us to let go. I'm sort of feeling the tears in my eyes when I'm saying that, but sometimes God says, let go. 
And sometimes we have to let go of somebody we love. And we should see that through the sadness and through the difficulty as something that God will use for blessing. I'm going to just close what I want to say with uh, just one other little illustration. Rosemary encouraged me to use this il- illustration. It's something that we smile at we, every time. We, we do it to one, we, we share this with one another. Uh, it gives a little bit of encouragement to us sometimes. One of, our, one of the films we enjoy is called Night and Day. I don't know if any of you have seen the film called Night and Day. It's a fun, if you like action movies with a bit of fun and a bit of humour, I recommend Night and Day. It's it's got Cameron Diaz, Tom Cruise in the film. We've watched it several times. But uh, in in the story, Cameron Diaz plays a character and she has a, a chance encounter with the character played by Tom Cruise in the departure lounge of a of an airport. And she's going to get on a plane and she expects to sit there and read her books or whatever and get off the plane at the other end and carry on with her life. But she has this chance encounter with Tom Cruise in the departure lounge that totally changes everything. And from that point forward, just everything goes wrong. And she thinks it's his fault. (laughs) It isn't really, but she thinks it is. And, uh, and uh, th- there's a point further on in the film when she's, she, everything is going wrong and she, she just connects this be- with being with Tom Cruise or his character. And she says, I'm, leave me alone, go away. I'm, I'm going back to the way it used to be. And Tom Cruise says to her, he says, it's like this, he says, you're going to go through this stuff anyway. You can do it one way or another. Your chance of survival without me is like this. Your chance of survival with me is like this. And what we say to each other, because he repeats, he says, with me, without me. With me, without me. In our walk with Jesus, that's what he says to us. He says, you're going to go through this stuff you can do it with me or without me. With me or without me. You choose.